Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. An Erio's original. Welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Sometimes they're not my favorite. Each week, <laughs> we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Ali Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon, and we are going to record episodes next week to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shoutouts, discounts, and these videos. You get the videos of our podcast like a day early. Go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, you'll get to see me right now. I'm doing a the podcast from bed in a face mask which is pretty exciting it really shocked melissa and i we couldn't we couldn't believe it you couldn't wrap yeah, no, i don't know if you had you got stung by some bees and you needed to put like <laughs> medication on your face or something because <laughs> the face mask isn't everywhere it's just where i'm breaking out and what made you not because i never get that i always want to put it all over no matter what you have the self-control i guess to just do it where it needs to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not like a, a fiend. A face mask fiend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, screenshot and DM it to us and we will shout you out on the podcast. Can I... Additionally, oh, as... Sorry, I'm sorry. Yes. Go, please. Go. Allie, no, no, just, go. No, no, I don't go. have anything nope. to say. Go. You go. No. You had something to say. No, because I think Allie was going to say it. Allie was going to say it. Say it. 
It's about the hotline. Oh, no, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, you going to say? I was going to say you've got some new supporters. Oh, we do? Yes. Oh. And as you guys know, you can support web crawlers by giving a couple, sending a couple bucks their way. And we've got um, this it's Sarah, who's getting a master's degree, who we have a wonderful voicemail from that we'll play at some point. Oh, we do. Yeah. She gave $8 and she says, I'm studying biostatistics oh and the data tells me that web crawlers and Bigfoot stick are hot wow. as hell. And then wow. <laughs> Portland Bugle gave $5 and said, podcasts are supposed to be two male comedians yammering cynically with no preparation. God damn it. This is interesting with great chemistry. <laughs> what are you trying to pull? Oh, Uh-oh. what are we it's trying to pull? That's the wool over everyone's so eyes. So you have 10 supporters in all. Um, and Wow. Um, how much moolah? Under forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. So. Listen, I'd expect more. Like, if you, like, why doesn't everyone just tip one dollar every episode? Like, that's crazy. I know. So but that's one of the mysteries of the world. Supporter dot acast dot supporter slash web crawl. I don't know. Um. <laughs> anyways, Erios has a hotline. The insert the jingle here. Six two six six zero four six two six two. And please leave us voicemails, and we will play them in our Friday mini episodes. Uh, we have a ton of new patrons. We do. Melissa, who are they? We have Jeb C. Which yes. I don't. Know do you think it's the Jebs? I don't know. Interesting. I asked. Well, let's talk about him every episode. I asked Carl if he is Jeb, and he said he could never, neither confirm nor deny. What? So That's suspicious. I, I agree. Hmm. Okay. Huh. All right. So we so got ruminate on that. Okay. Jeb C, Alina, Carrie C, Rachel W, Julie P, Sarah M, Bill E, Mackenzie, Sarah H. Ryan E, Christopher L, Kestrel M, Lucy F, Tracy L, and Jessica M. Kestrel. Welcome. Wow. Kestrel. Kestrel. That's Welcome a cool name. Yeah, that is a cool name. That Kestrel. is. It reminds me of something from like the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. Kestrel's turkey legs. Makes me want a chicken yeah. leg real bad. Kestrel's <laughs> beaded, beaded um, head garments. Kestrel's sword, oh. sword emporium. I love the Renaissance Fair. I hate it. Kestrel's haberdashery. <laughs> the Renaissance Fair freaks me the hell out. I went once in college and I was weird. It was weird. I've never been. Oh, Melissa. Oh, my God, Melissa. It's so fun. It. We should do a web crawlers episode oh, on the Renaissance Fair. I don't even really know what it is. Oh, Melissa. No, one time what, when it's open again, it's exactly what it sounds like. When it opens again, we should go and see if we can interview people like live yeah. and video. Because it's it. a lot of like role playing, right? It's like a cosplay thing when people right. are like, it's like medieval times, except it's like a festival. Except it's Renaissance, not medieval. Right. Oh, I just remember seeing like Busy Phillips's Instagram photo of like her and all her girls dressed up. All of her uh, girls, me and my girls. <laughs> All the gals at the <laughs> Renaissance Fair. I just really love cosplay culture. LARPing. What? Yeah. LARPing? LARPing, live action role play. She gets I, it. You've never heard of LARPing? No, really? I've never heard of LARPing. Really? Oh my God, I feel like you would love LARPing. If I could yeah. go, well, you know, my favorite TV show of all time is Manor House, as is Frontier House. Oh, and all the yes. House, house series is. 
Um, Allie tried watching yeah. one and said, this isn't for me. Um, oh, my God. They're so, so good. boring. They're, they're so the good, though. You got to stick with it. But if I could warp in like an English manner from the... I, yeah. Oh, my God. I would LARP. I would love that. I would love that. Although I would worry that I would be on like the lower house, like the kitchen. Yeah, you'd be like a scull. You 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 scream scullery maid. Scullery yeah, maid. You do. She does. Melissa, okay. you are like the definition of a scullery maid, and I'm the definition. Great. What would I be? A princess? Um, no, you'd be like a footman. <laughs> what does that mean? Like a butler? No, you'd be like the horse boy. You'd be like the stable boy. <laughs> <laughs> stable boy Allie the stable I like boy that. I can see you <laughs> me too hello Cherry oh need to ride a horse today <laughs> yeah and I'd be like I'd be probably like the lady of the house and like I yeah. actually see that because you're kind of scary um, <laughs> there's some good documentaries on LARPing apparently I can't remember there was one like I love that I saw but it says like Monster Camp, um, Darkon, I guess is one. Although I, I wish I remembered the one that I, I guess it is Darkon is the one that everyone's saying. I watched one that's like so great and so endearing. Just like larking, larping communities are so cute. Anyways, back to the podcast. <laughs> back to Forgot what we're we were doing, doing one. Um, <laughs> Melissa, what is our episode about today? Our episode today was actually a listener suggestion. Yes. They suggested the Blackburn cult. We're so into it. So, in the 1920s Los Angeles, a mother-daughter duo of 60-year-old May Otis Blackburn and her 24-year-old daughter Ruth started a cult called Blackburn with a goal of swindling members out of money. Mm. Isn't that all cults? So yes. the cult had bizarre rituals and was connected to mysterious deaths, disappearances, and sex scandals. Ooh. There was also an attempted resurrection of a 16-year-old girl whose corpse had been stored in a wooden box in a makeshift mausoleum underneath her parents' house. The cult was so bizarre that justices on the, on the California Supreme Court in 1931 admitted that they have never heard anything so weird. <laughs> What in the world was the deal with this cult? Let's, Let's get, get into, into it. it. Nay! Oh, God. Also, I read apparently like there were tons of cults in L.A. in the 1920s. Yeah, it was a thriving really? time for cult. Yeah, that's when like I guess the whole movement started. Yeah, because like it was like flappers and ho old Hollywood mm -hmm. and I guess like a lot of like steel or oil magnate magnates. And yeah. it was just like, how do you pronounce it? Magnet, 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 magnets, magnets. Magnet. It's magnets. 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 <laughs> oh, magnets. But I, I, it was just, it was like a whole new world and everyone was just like free spirit just trying to do their thing. 
Just wanting to belong, you know? Yeah. So who was May Otis Blackburn and her daughter Ruth? So they were originally from Oregon, and May founded her own production company called Starlight. Hmm. And she personally financed Oregon's first full-length movie called A Nugget in the Rough. And according to IMDb, May's daughter Ruth played the Nugget. <laughs> that's what I would that's what I would be. <laughs> and there's no I mean, I can't find this movie anywhere. There's a couple film stills from it of like Ruth. What's it called? The, a the nugget, nugget in, in the, the rough. rough. But it was back in like nineteen early nineteen hundreds. Um so the money to make her movies came from scamming rich people. Mm-hmm. And May always cast her daughter Ruth as the lead of her films, but the m- movies always failed and they would always run out of money. So that's when they moved to Los Angeles and Ruth was an aspiring actress. She was also a taxi driver. Okay, so I I read that she was a taxi driver, but then I was listening to a podcast this morning and I think that that's a mistake. I think that oh. she worked at something called a taxi club, which is something different and it's something oh. kind of like a sex workery type thing. Oh, so she worked at a taxi club. Which I think is like people get tickets and then they give the ticket to the woman they want to quote unquote like oh. dance for them. Like it's a weird like stripper oh, burlesque you know thing. why? Listen to this. I just <laughs> popped it in my head. Remember in A League of Their Own when Madonna's doing her thing and she goes, what do you want me to do? Go back to taxi dancing? Oh. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, my God. Mystery solved. We cracked another case. Cracked another case. (laughs) Wow. I never knew all the way May was a taxi dancer. That's why she went all the way. That's why she was all the way. All the way May. Taxi. Yeah. A taxi dancer is a paid dance partner in a partner dance. Taxi dancers are hired to dance with their customers on a dance-by-dance basis. When taxi dancing first appeared in taxi dance halls during the early 20th century in the U.S., male patrons would typically buy dance tickets for a small sum each. Oh, so it was like an escort, basically, like a dancing escort. You pay per dance. A dance escort. Ooh, want to hear some vocabulary <laughs> for da- of dancers? The vocabulary of yeah. taxi dancers in a in a nineteen tw- twenties accent, please. Um, hey, see, I'm- give me the. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like flying. See, <laughs> I'm going to be buying the groceries. That means um, living in a clandestine steen relationship. Fruit means an easy mark. Hot stuff is oh. stolen goods. Ooh. Uh, on the ebony means a taxi dance hall or taxi dancer having social contacts with men of races other than white. Oh. Paying the rent, living in a... Oh, that's another living in a clandest, clandestine? Anyway, so uh, th- this is very interesting. I never knew this existed. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. That's there's pretty a cool. dan- There's a book. There was a sociological study done in 1932 called The Taxi Dance Hall, A Sociological Study in Commercialized Recreation in City Life. And um, it's all about taxi dancing in Chicago. That sounds like a very fun read. Why does everything always come back to Chicago? Because well, Craig center of the yeah, Craig knows (laughs) it's the hell. Chicago's got to be some sort of hellhole or something. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely (laughs) some sort of um, what do you call it? Hell mouth. No, I know, but what's that thing? (laughs) Where's the thing Sabrina had in her closet or whatever? 
Oh, like a wormhole or something? Yeah, but it was called... Portal. um, Yeah. Portal. Yeah, yeah. it's like a portal. Yeah, there's got to be a portal. In In Buffy, it was called the Hellmouth. Yeah. Well, depends what channel you're watching. All right, we can continue now. (laughs) Um, However, the two realized that the easiest way to get fame and money was to apparently start a cult. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before they moved to Los Angeles... In 1899, May married a man named John Wyland. He was a gambler who kept losing their money, so they separated. And then May began dating another man named uh, Rudolf Schultz, and she would conceal her daughter Ruth from him. And Ruth stayed with her grandmother for a while, and she actually she ended up thinking that her grandmother was her mother. And she didn't find out till later that May was actually her real mother. Because May wanted so to, creepy. Hi- I know May wanted to hide Ruth from these guys she dated to seem younger and like more available, yeah. and Ruth was just seen as this inconvenience. And then they also referred to each other as sisters a lot, not mom and daughter, which feels like weird and sexual to me. Yeah, I don't like it. So then things start to get weird. May and Ruth said that the angel, uh, Archangel Michael, appeared to them and said the world was coming to an end and that they were the two witnesses of the revelation. May said Michael told her and her daughter to write a book called The Great Six Seal, which would, but I, I got it as a different name. I was listening to this podcast and they said it was a different name, but maybe it was a few books, which would explain the mysteries of life and earth. Oh, the Seven Trumpets of Gabriel is another. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure yeah. which one it is. Um, the angels also promised to reveal the quote-unquote lost me- measurements that would lead them to all the hidden gold and oil deposits in the world. Hmm. She was also told she'd be one of the 11 queens who would rule the world from 11 mansions built on Olive Hill in Hollywood, which is Barnsdale Park in Los Feliz. I went to a wine tasting there once. I've had picnics there many a time. It's a lovely park on a hill. I've been on a date there. Ooh, how'd it go? We went on it one date after. He was okay. a horror movie editor. We got was we this got the, wine. the same guy that ghosted? No, you? I like date. T- I horror no. movie producer editor directors is your type. I <laughs> no joke. I've dated like five guys who make horror movies. That's wait. Funny. I dated one, two, one, two, three. Yeah, three guys in the horror wow. movie business. I've got a kink. I've got a kink. Writing this book took a lot of time, and they would eventually need a printing press to actually produce the book. So May needed some more money. So the first victim of this scheme, uh, Ruth met while she was working as a taxi dancer was Arthur Osborne. Uh, Arthur was a rich guy, and Ruth and May wanted to use him for money. So while Ruth was dancing um, all the time, May is not happy at home, and she's looking for ways to make money. Um, So she's like, let's use Arthur's money to write this book. Mm -hmm. So Ruth asked Arthur for money to finance the book. They're calling it The Seven Trumpets of Gabriel, which, as we said, we'll talk about how to save the world, get or immortality, and all this cult stuff. Arthur is like, Ruth, where are you getting the information to write this book? 
And Ruth and May are like, oh, we talked to angels. And Arthur's like, mm, okay, freak. But he was so into Ruth that he didn't care and like just gives them the money anyway. What did was Ruth offering? Was she, was, did she, what, what, you know, was she a sexy, sexy young thing or was she? She apparently was a sexy, she was a sexy young lady. She was a burlesque. Well, I have in the doc, Ruth's puss was so bomb he didn't care. <laughs> but then I decided to not say that. <laughs> See, if you would have said that, say I wouldn't, it. I wouldn't say have it. questioned it. Yeah, you wouldn't have asked the question. So I guess I should stick to my gut. <laughs> yeah, but apparently she's a good-looking cookie. A good-looking nugget. A, a nugget in the rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they got a man named Clifford Dab Clifford Dabney, the nephew of a loyal local oil magnate, to give May $40,000 in cash and property which is like $750,000 in um, today's money, including 164 acres in Simi Valley. All she had to do for him was share the lost measurements. That's it. Just the lost yeah, so measurements. She's like telling people like the apocalypse is coming and like I have the information um, to save everyone. So like you better stick with me if you want like immortality. And these people are like, whoa, okay. Yeah, because nobody knows. They're like, what? Okay, because no one's ever really like said anything like that, like started yeah. quotes before. So they're like, sure, why not? So now that they had all this land in Simi Valley, they built a dozen cabins and a temple filled with furniture, including a massive wood throne that weighed 800 pounds that sat on four hand-carved paws and adorned with a lion's head. That's what... Maria sits on at Erios. That's so weird. Yeah, my Ryan's throne. <laughs> <laughs> but this temple was sealed off, so no one went in there. They were. It was waiting for Christ's return. This what was this cult? The cult of the Great Eleven is what they called it. It was also known as Blackburn Cult of the Great Eleven, and also known as the Cult of the Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven. <laughs> It's too many names, guys. You got to pick one and stick with it. So the inspiration was from a single verse in the book of Revelation 11.3. And it says, And I will grant my two witnesses power to prophecy for 1,260 days. Whatever that means. So during the day, the cult members worked at a local tomato packing shed. And their paychecks were collected by May and her new husband, Ward Sitton Blackburn, who was 29. Oh, my so God. He was no, like, good for her. Yeah, he was about 30 years younger than May. That's so tight. What were these women? How were they getting these men? They're I, I just get it. swindling I, and charming. They're smooth talkers. Because I'm looking at a picture of them, and they look like they look like yeah. they were found in a gutter. So I don't, sure. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out... And it's nothing about, like, their faces. It's about, like, it's just, like, literally, like, their auras are, like, mm -hmm. goblins. I mean, they just found really gullible people to, like, I follow guess. them. Who know? knows what these men look like? Maybe the yeah. men weren't lookers. But they're rich. So that if they're rich, they could have gotten uh -huh. anybody. I don't know. I'm just asking. If that's how your brain works, Maria, I don't know. <laughs> Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So this guy, her husband, was also known as the North Star of the World. He had a big mustache and five-inch-long fingernails. What? Ew, Rasputin. This is disgusting. This is sick. These are people are goblin people. It is. All yeah. of them. Every single one of them. <laughs> so in 1928, uh, Blackburn... She crammed two cars full of followers. I hate the word crammed. Crammed two cars. (laughs) There were people crammed into these two cars that were crammed full of people to go on this two-week-long, 500-mile spiritual odyssey across the Mojave Desert. Oh, no thanks. And so this crammed caravan (laughs) went to Stovepipe Wells which is deep in the Death Valley, and then to this bottomless pit called Devil's Hole. You know what else is a Devil's Hole? <laughs> yeah. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> what? You you know. <laughs> Nothing. What is it? Tell me what the Devil's Nothing. Hole is. Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> it's a natural thermal well of unknown depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what it is now. It's Allie's. Mm. <laughs> It's Allie's death hole. <laughs> What's it called? Crematorium. <laughs> Allie's <laughs> death hole. There's a death hole inside the basement of Allie's crematorium, and it's also known as the Devil's Hole. It's like in Stranger Things that weird. If you like- pay, if you pay extra, you can see Allie's Devil Hole. <laughs> Uh, some believe that the uh, it was a hidden entrance to the inner world. <laughs> yeah, that right. <laughs> some believed. Some believe that blackbirds. <laughs> okay, where was I? 
the devil's hole. So some believe that Blackburn's real purpose was to use devil's hole as a dumping ground <laughs> for unwanted items. Yeah, like this bodies. is all tracking. This is all tracking. <laughs> Nay! <laughs> oh, no. Uh, uh, but also when people wanted to leave the cult, she would use bribery and fear extortion and sometimes force to keep them in. So like, yeah. once you come in, you can't leave. <laughs> like That's the Roach Motel. Saying. Yeah. Um, apparently she like had also a, like, I feel like there's a part in every cult where they start like collecting guns. And apparently she would like pull guns on people when they tried to leave and be like, you're not you can't leave like god god will hurt you if you leave cool okay so then there were sacrifices at night the cult members hung out in the natural amphitheater to watch the high priestesses in their long purple robes kill mules after the sacrifices forest rangers reported seeing cult members dance in the nude there were also a lot of this part so sad dog sacrifices they'd bury their bones and also do like other sacrifices like the mules and things like that i have a question yeah yes if they're doing this just for money right why go to those lengths like okay i get dancing naked and like going you say like it's a cult we're gonna go through the mojave desert but like why do you have to sacrifice mules and stuff I think they probably started getting into it. Like, I think there is yeah. probably like a sense of like occultism. I think that this was also probably a time where there, when was like the spiritualist movement? So I think maybe that was part of it too. That was earlier, wasn't oh. it? That was in the 18... 18- maybe it was like the 1820s or something. Oh, later than that. Spiritual. I feel like they just got really into it and just like started believing their own shit. They were also probably pretty crazy. It was... Uh, 1840s to the 1920s by the late 1880s by 1897 spiritualism was said to have more than 8 million followers okay oh. so okay yeah it was around it overlaps time. a little bit yeah yeah for sure wow good call Allie okay so um <laughs> so then <laughs> May also had an accomplice with them uh I think his name was like Bo or something and he was really good at pyrotechnics and like special effects he was like kind of a magician so they do these seances and be in the amphitheater and he would make like door slam and like weird oh. like fire tricks oh. and do tricks during seances um and it helped her gain followers and also make her fo- followers be like whoa this is a real deal yeah i get all that it's just like the sacrificing animals and stuff that's like why do you have to do that like just stick to your fire your fire tricks i think that some people i mean sociopaths like don't think it's bad to sacrifice animals yeah. p.s i've liked every single name that you guys have mentioned in this story uh may ruth Bo, may arthur Bo. there was some guy like dabney or like uh, clifford, clifford dabney clifford yeah. dabney I mean, That's every single name. So, um, Cool, Maria. Okay, You're so welcome. there was also a brick <laughs> oven in which they baked cult member Florence Turner, allegedly to cure her blood disease. She died two days later. Crazy. So this cult member like oh had some sort of like God. blood disease or something. And May was like, well, if you get in this oven it'll be cured. That's what like the angels told me. And then she like died in the oven. I mean, they like cremated her. Yeah. Which is nuts. Uh, Four other cult members were also reported missing, including Ruth's husband, Samuel Rizzio. 
These women love to kill their husbands, which is yeah. like the one tight part. Uh, so then the wealth, the, this family called the Rhodes joins. Uh, the wealthy family of William Rhodes and his wife, Martha, moved to Los Angeles from Oregon along with their adopted daughter, Willa. On Christmas Day, 1924, Willa developed a toothache and subsequent infection, and she died on New Year's Day, 1925. That sucks, like before there's medication for that yeah. stuff. Yeah, all you needed was like antibiotics and you would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, the Rhodes looked to Mae Blackburn for some guidance on what to do with the body. Should they burn it? Should they tell the police what happened? So May says that they need to wait because angels have told her that Willa is going to be resurrected and they need to preserve the body for the resurrection. Mm. So then they chloroform all of Willa's pet puppies for a ritu- ritualistic oh, sacrifice. They chloroformed them. Yes. So Willa had like seven pet puppies oh. that she'd gotten like a week before. Oh. And for Christmas or something or like something like that. Yeah. She yeah. got seven puppies oh, for yeah. Christmas. And then and she died like a few weeks later and they chloroformed all the puppies. Good. So sick. these are sick. Yeah. Yeah. They're sick. Yeah. They're sick goblin people. May quickly put <laughs> Willa's body in the bathtub and covered it with pickling spices and salt. Why? <laughs> You'll see. I'm sorry, but that was bonkers. <laughs> I know, but that's just a bonkers thing to say. I agree. I couldn't even These stop myself from asking why. <laughs> <laughs> that was why? so bonkers. I, I literally blurted out why. Yeah, they're crazy. They're insane. And said the tree of life would come back to life in 1,260 days, 14 months, and three household moves later. The road settled down after buying a bungalow in Venice, California. So they have this dead body that they think is going to be resurrected, and they keep, like, moving it around. Um, William builds a metal-lined coffin for his daughter and a trap door in the bedroom floor for visiting or quick getaways. In another casket next to Willa's, they buried seven puppies that represented the seven tones of the angel Gabriel's trumpet. They believed Willa would become a celestial princess and that she would one day be resurrected as a future queen of the cult. Jeez. Yeah. So they keep moving Willa from one place to another in the house so that no one can find her. And a delivery man was bringing 600 pounds of ice a week to the house in order to preserve the body. And this went on for several months before May said the resurrection wasn't coming anytime soon and that they needed to bury Willa in a more permanent way. Like they kept, she kept putting it off like, oh, well, it's not happening. Oh, it hasn't happened. Oh, well, it might happen. You know, and it just goes on and on. And then in 1929... When May failed to deliver these lost measurements of the universe that she promised her investors, they all went to the police and filed fraud charges. They're like, there's no, there's no coordinates. There's no, you're not giving us anything. Yeah. And so the total that she scammed out of people was about $200,000, which in today's money is about $3 million. That's so crazy. Yeah. So then the allegations of missing people started coming up. And so the police started looking into that. And that's when they found Willa Rhodes' body in that wooden box underneath her parents' house. 
Also, it sucks that she was like adopted. Like, obviously, like, I bet she wishes another family adopted her. Like, why would you adopt a kid to like do that kind of crazy stuff to her? That's insane. She was apparently in a fetal position wrapped in a white blanket. Oof. May was actually arrested and convicted on eight counts of grand theft, and she was released on $10,000 bail. In 1930. The movie Grand Theft, the the game Grand Theft Auto was, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I I see where you were going. You see it? Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun little Everyone knows. Everyone got it. It's, you know. So then in 1931, the California Supreme Court threw out her conviction. Why? Ruling that the, (laughs) why? (laughs) (laughs) They ruled that the evidence used to convict her failed to establish that she did not sincerely believe in her promises and that she what? did not take money from followers in good faith. So, so like, just because she thought it was real, like, it doesn't yeah. count? So they they said that the victims appeared to be of sound mind when they willingly accepted May's teachings. So, and they said at worst, the victims suffered from their own bad judgment. Yeah, they basically were like, oh, you guys believed this? This is on you. Victim shamers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the court said the approach used to prosecute Blackburn was a dangerous encroachment on religious freedom. Mm. And so they exonerated her. You can't just, like, kill people, psychos. But they never actually (laughs) found it the missing people there's like four missing people and they never located them and they could never really prove that she killed willa because she didn't because willa died and her parents just kept the body this is may's husband oh with the oh my god how ugly is he good looking creepy he's he's gross he ward ward he oh, looks like a mask he looks like um a comedia del arte mask like with a mustache on it yeah, uh, i really have a weird. question can yes. you be convicted of murder if a body is never found you know i actually don't i think that know. i think, I think it's can, hard but i think it's hard because there'd be the doubt you know the what what is it called when there's doubt reasonable, reasonable doubt because doubt. They, they may not even be dead so right. if there's no right. body can you ever be yeah, you'd have to be all circumstantial. Let's evidence. Google it. Let's Google it. Yeah, Google yeah, I it. I wonder if there are any cases of no body being found. Like if someone just went missing. A murder conviction without a body is an instance of a person being convicted of murder despite the absence of a victim's body. <laughs> Circumstances <laughs> okay. and for, circumstantial and forensic evidence are prominent in such convictions. Hundreds of such convictions have occurred in the past, some of which have been overturned. Oh, like if that the victim's DNA is like all over you or something, like I blood. Guess. That's weird. I don't understand how you could convict someone though if you didn't have if you didn't know for sure that the person was dead. If I'm a suspect in a murder, but a body is never found, can I be charged? Someone asked that on Quora. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> that don't ask Mar- that. That freak. was Maria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've been trying to get an answer for years. <laughs> Baria Maslucci. (laughs) (laughs) In theory, absolutely. And I'm not even going the you can be charged with anything rude. It's just a question of being convicted. Digression. I hate those answers. Okay, relax. Okay, you can be charged (laughs) and convicted of murder even if there's no body. But the prosecutor still has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you, in fact, killed the victim. 
I guess oh. if a jury convicted you, then yeah. Huh. Well. Well. So yeah, so May was exonerated. That's crazy. And then she, six years later, 1936, she published a book called The Origin of God. Oh. She's um, like, fuck it, I'm publishing a book anyway. It's weird to me, sorry that I'm digressing, but like, oh, a lot of people have asked this question on Quora and other people have asked like, how do I cover up a murder? Like you can't just ask that. Yes, also, you like, can. I'm clicking on it. I'm clicking on it. So yeah, now you're the my, one reading my, uh, <laughs> Now I look weird. I hope you're using your DuckDuckGo account and not your Google account so that they're not. I don't tracing even know. What, what is DuckDuckGo? It's, it's anonymous the worst search browsing. engine, but it's anonymous. So like you can't f- find can't stuff. be tracked. Right, but well, you also I look can't innocent because I don't know what it is. You look guilty because you use an anonymous search engine. They don't know I use an anonymous search engine. Yeah, it's you anonymous. just said it. You're on the record. Well, okay. Well, I I'm not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty, you guys. Guys, I'm uh, not guilty. Nay. If I was convicted of something and I was on the stand, that's literally how I would like talk to the jury and it would be Oh, you have to be like really blase about it. But I really would I'd look at them and be like, You guys, like for real, I didn't do this and it would be really weird. People would be like, She's acting like she's it's so weird to me when like there's a murder trial and I know like you're not supposed to react to anything. Because, uh-huh. like, I think the judge can, like, kick you out. But, like, the whole Casey Anthony thing, or, like, someone who's legit not guilty. Casey Anthony, for sure. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> if I was sitting there and I was not guilty and they were talking about like, I the whole time I'd be making faces, like, are you insane? What yeah, I know. No. I'm the same. I would be the same. We're shaking it's my head. It's crazy how people just sit there down. calm. Yeah. I guess I'd you be like, you guys to. are being so weird. I'd be like, objection. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, I think I, get, I get it. I know. But even getting kicked out, that would be part of the whole thing. Because I'd be like, kick me out. I'd just be shaking my head the whole time. Like, nope. Yeah. Uh-uh. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Your honor, this is this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Your honor. <laughs> Your honor. Like, this is freaking me out. This, there's no truth to this. <laughs> that's actually my worst nightmare can you imagine being convicted oh, for a crime God. you didn't do and no one believing you like you're 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 yeah um okay so <laughs> may <laughs> dies in night <laughs> may dies in 19 19- you're set up that was what i was trying to say may dies in 1951 and then the cult apparently moves to lake tahoe and they're never seen or heard from again yeah they kind of just like fizzled out they got into water skiing <laughs> yeah the- lake tahoe's apparently really beautiful i've never been though let's get web crawlers to tahoe baby let's get yeah let's forget bermuda tahoe, tahoe i would love to do a water sport <laughs> so then melissa found this other weird cult which i don't know if it's a cult because it's just two people yeah i don't know what it is i was just looking for like other weird mother-daughter cult things yes I think they're just like mother-daughter wackadoos, but they have more than like a thousand videos online. And they also believe that they can talk to angels. Yeah. It's a mother named Lynn and a daughter named Jamie. And like they think that they can channel the dead and uh, talk to angels and like go back and past lives, but not like normal new agey stuff, but like crazy stuff. 
like weird. They seem weird. They also seem like maybe they're on heroin. Because the daughter looks like she's like being held captive or something or like under this trance. Well, also like someone, a YouTuber found videos of the daughter and like her old Twitter account and like her old YouTube. And she was totally normal. And now she's like an entirely different person. So they think, yeah, that maybe the mom Mm -hmm. is drugging her or she's under some sort of influence or something crazy. Yeah, it's wild. At one point, the mom is like, my son had to do a book report on William Shakespeare. So we just channeled William Shakespeare and like (laughs) asked him questions. And then I had my son just like tell his teacher that we did a seance with William Shakespeare. And, you know, that was it. And he got an and F. he failed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like they're very, they're complete logo brains. So yeah, I mean, that's cults are crazy. Cults be crazy, man. Cults be crazy. It's called the Angelic Initiative. Yeah. And if you look them up, there's, there's a ton of people who've done like reviews and like synopsises on them because I think, or synopses, whatever, because I think it, they kind of like blew up on YouTube at one point for being weird. Yeah. But they themselves also have like a million videos. And they have a GoFundMe. Yeah, I found their GoFundMe, which I don't even, I didn't even read it. Like, I don't even know what it's for. They, I, I think they're they only at... Like four hundred dollars or something of like yeah, and it's, of they probably donated it. Yeah, they want to partner with Habitat for Humanity to build housing. The thing that I don't think makes it a cult is a, it's just two of them, and b, like b, they're like if you don't believe us, then like f- find something else to do. Like they're not trying to get followers. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Anyways, if you know, if you guys know of any other like female cults, we would love to hear about them. Or any Los Angeles-based cults. You know, this isn't just a Chicago podcast. We're based in LA. So, um, Melissa, if people want to reach us, where can they reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram or Reddit or Facebook. Hell yeah, baby. Anyways, that's that's that. That's that. I'm Boy Siegel. I'm Melissa Skullmaid Stetton. Scullery maid. Scullery and maid. <laughs> and I'm Maria Blasucci, leader of the house, and I make the rules around here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.